Marcus Sahaba Online Radio, serving you wherever you are. This segment proudly brought to you by Capital Air. उम्मीदों की निकहत बहारे मोजा सम बहारे मोजा सम न रकसो तरब है न लहू लाइब है न रकसो तरब है Five minutes after 11. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marahaban bikum. It's a beautiful morning here in Johannesburg. Well, today is the 9th of November 2022, which is also the 14th of Rabi'ul Akhir 1444. I want to welcome the listeners of Sari SFM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company. And I want to welcome the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'a. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. Uh, international Overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Let's welcome our beloved engineer, Brother Tobela. It's nice to see his face. He will be with us till 12 o'clock. Let's welcome our beloved, respected, honorable Fadila Tulustad, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain Hafidahullah. Hussad, welcome to the blessed of marriage assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh ustad wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh barakallahu feekum arafat jazakallahu khairan just before we start with the questions ustad there's somebody from hamaskarao they want to know is mufti sahab still giving out the decoders ustad bismillahi rahmani rahim nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi alkareem amma baad all praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Last week, this time, Wednesday, I left from here, and then the first stop was Bela Bela Wombats, and then I smiled when I passed war, Bahamans Kral. I thought of Hamans Kral because sometimes I use it on air, and you know, I made a Jumma there 10, 15 years ago. There were two brothers there, Ma'asum and Ashraf. So regarding the decoders, yes, we are still giving out free of charge to poor, poor Muslims who are really poor. Not that now you can afford it. You can afford it. You must buy 600 then per decoder. But if you're really poor, then inshallah, we will give it to you free of charge. Inshallah, Laziz. Somebody says here, Ustad, that uh, Mufti Sap, uh, my wife is around uh, 18 years old and I'm 27 years old. We have now a, mashallah, one daughter. Now she's saying she doesn't want another child, at least until next five years, Ustad. What do I do? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In a case like that, because she is so young, 18 years old, and now she's a mother already, and now she feels that the labor pain, and then carrying the baby, and now the breastfeeding, so all that the trauma is too much for her. So what you must do, that one year or so, give it a break and so forth, and she can finish the breastfeeding and so forth. Whatever all Allah is destined for you, Remember that Allah will give you whether you want or you don't want. So you, oh brother, 27, you see, you say 9, 18, 27. So she is 18 and you are 27 years old. And Allah Ta'ala bless you with a mashallah, wonderful daughter. So all Allah speaks of this issue in the noble Quran. Go open Surah 42 and that is Surah to Shura consultation and verses 49 and 50 yahabu limay yashau inasa wa yahabu limay yashau zukur all Allah jalla wa ala speaks about daughters first so therefore the ulama have written that whosoever their first child is a daughter so that family is a mubarak family so that is what you must do you also must help your wife remember that carrying the baby and so forth and so on don't then now everything you just dump on her that's wrong husband wife relation 
relationship is a partnership. It's not a dictatorship. So remember, she's been through so much. She's so young. So therefore, she said, Papa, me, I don't want children now, right till next to five years. But once she gets used to it and you continue reading, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata ayun. Surah chapter 25, verse 74. Ya Allah, grant us such spouses and children that are the coolness of the eyes. Chapter 37, verse 100. Rabbi habli min as-salihin. Oh Allah, grant us pious offspring. So next one will be a son, inshallah. Keep on reading. Rabbi habli min as-salihin. Now Allah bless you with this wonderful daughter. Both of you must read. From now, right till the time you pass away. After 20 years, 50 years, 100 years. What you going to read? Surah 46. Surah 46. Surah Ahqaf. And verse 15, 1, 5. The beginning of the 26 Jews, the 26 Supara. Wa asalih li fi dhurriyati. Oh, beloved Allah, grant me that bring about reform, piety in my offspring and progeny. One more time. Wa asalih li fi dhurriyati. So inshallah, both of you read it. The baby should be a binding factor for both of you, not someone that is going to cause rows and ructions between you. Ustad, I've got a <clears throat> listener says here that one of the uh, Islamic stations, of course, an alim, told them that it is permissible to use birth control, a tablet to start. Remember that is a rule. It is not permissible to use birth control tablets and so forth. In Islam, Al-Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, the genius he was, he is, he will always be remembered for that. He taught us one usul, one principle of Islam. Ma min amin illa wa qad khussa anhul baaz. You will never get a general rule, but always you will get one, two exceptions, exclusions. If a person, Allah forbid, somebody comes by you, puts the gun right by your head and he pulls the trigger, or meaning that he's about to pull the trigger, and he tells you, swear Allah Ta'ala, Allah forbid, swear Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah forbid, you tell him, go and fly a kite, do whatever you want, and he shoots you, and you become martyred, you shaheed. So you practice on azima, you practice on the greater law. Mm. But if you do swear, Allah forbid, so that, but you got through Iman, Islam, everything in your heart. So what will happen? So you are still a Muslim and you practice on rukhsa, on permission. So that is the exception to the rule. Quran speaks of this. Except where you are compelled by circumstances, but your heart is filled, filled and saturated with Iman and Islam and so forth. So here also, birth control, condoms, all that as a rule not permissible but if there are certain circumstances example I'm giving that now you my sister my daughter you gave birth to three four five children and all of them through the c-section the cesarean section and now it's very very dangerous for you to fall pregnant yes. now in a case like that if you take tablets with the medication so that you don't fall pregnant so we will say birth control then is permissible but that's not the rule that is the exception to the rule so that is how you're supposed to explain to it you can't make it permissible for all and sundry and say permissible mm. that's totally wrong mm. What's that? i don't know the question he's saying here that uh, my husband left me because i can't have kids he says that Mufti Sab told him that you should leave her because he is still very young. What about my feelings, Ustad, anonymous sister? So we just, I don't know which Mufti Sab is speaking mm. about. If he's speaking about me, it's an absolute lie. So I made it so long. You know my history, you know my geography, everything. So how can I go tell a person that if your wife don't can't give birth, go this thing, he must give you divorce and leave you. So, I mean, it's foolish that. It's against the Quran. I just gave you the reference now. So 
Surah chapter 42, Surah to Surah, the consultation, Yahabuli may yashaw inasa, so Yahabuli may yashaw uzukur, O yuzovijuhum zukurano wa inasa, some married couples, Allah gives them daughters only, some of them sons only, some of them sons and daughters, wa yajalu may yashaw akima, and some people, a husband is there, the wife is married, they married 10, 20, 40, 50, 60 years, no children, and that is, they leave, Allah leaves them barren. So this is in Surah chapter 42, verse number 49 and 50. So it's not permissible for the husband to divorce his wife, or you know, the wife asks for divorce and so forth, if the problem is with the husband. So your marriage means you must be partners in duk and suk, mm. in moments of happiness, joy, prosperity, at a time of adversity, calamity, you still partners together. Yes, in a case like that, we will suggest to him if really now he wants children and he feels, then he can take, keep you, and if the problem is with you, and get married to a second lady, wife, provided that he treats both of them with justice, otherwise he must stay with you. The Quran Sharif teaches us Surah 4, verse number 3, فَإِنَ خِفْتُمْ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا فَوَاحِدًا If you fear you can't do justice, then just keep your one wife, your first wife. So that is what we will say. But we will never ever say that the Mufti Sahib or Maulana Sahib or Imam Sahib, Sheikh Sahib tells you, no, divorce her. There is not a switch button. You just press, you get children. You don't press, you don't get. All this is Kudrat Ka Karishma. All this comes from all Allah Jalala. Some of the greatest people never had children. Siddiqa Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha never had children. And Sayyidah Bilal radiallahu anhu, the Muazzin of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Maziru Malihi, Minister of Finance, never had children. Imam Bukhari, rahimahullah, Amirul Mu'minin fil Hadith, no children. Hazrat Abul Hassan Nadwi, that he passed away on a Friday in Ramadan, reading Surah Yasin, no children. Hazrat Tanwi, rahmatullah alayhi, no children. He also passed away, remember, on a Friday. So, so many great people didn't have children, so you must accept it. Rida bil qada. We are happy, we accept it, and we are happy also about it. I always tell my wife, you know, when we used to travel, so four or five times a year overseas, we used to go, and we go, yeah, go, yeah. I said, if we had children, we could never do all these type mm. of things here. Yeah. So, Olad ka hona bi rahmat Olad ka no hona bi rahmat To have children, also a great mercy of Allah. And not to have children, also a mercy of Almighty Allah. Allah Akbar, subhanallah. Uh, I love your answer, Ustad. I lost my baby a few months uh, back and I am pregnant again, dear Mufti Sab. But I'm very scared because of everything I went through. Any duas to read for ease and for the baby to love, Ustad? Remember the way it seems, my sister, that one, two years ago, then what happened? You were pregnant, you went the full term, you gave birth, and then the baby, maybe in the first week or first month or few months, then he or she, the baby, passed away. So that child of yours is masum, innocent. That's a blessing in disguise. Obviously for you, when you think of that baby, that beloved son, daughter of yours, even now you will cry because you had so many hopes but then he went away Allah Ta'ala took him away or her so remember that Rida will qadha now you are pregnant now what you going to do make note of this we will send out inshallah the podcast my brother Tobela is here you will prepare the podcast and we will send it out so make sure you get the podcast and write down now or make mental notes I'm giving you five du'as so each one you and your hubby you must read number one surah 37 verse 100 chapter 37 verse 100 there's two ways you can translate it rabbi habali minaswalihin dua of nabi ibrahim alayhi salam oh allah grant me pious offspring and children Second way of translating, Ya Allah, grant me normal children, that there must be no, you know, abnormalities or any special need child and so forth and so on. So that is dua number one, chapter 37, verse 100. Next dua. 
ربنا حبلنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين this one I'm sure you know surah 25 verse 74 third one surah 3 verse 38 surah 3 chapter 3 surah al-imran verse 38 ربي حبلي من لدنك ذريتا طيبا oh beloved Allah grant me from your side such olad such offspring that are pure and chaste innaka sami'ud du'a verily you are the one who listens to the du'as ya Allah and then the next one you are fearing maybe miscarriage and so forth because all this negativity will come in so read chapter number 13 surah Yusuf chapter 12 chapter 13 surah Ra'ad the lightning and the thunder so Ra'ad means thunder so surah Ra'ad the thunder verse 8 الله يعلم ما تحمل كل أنثى وما تغيد الأرحام وما تزداد only Almighty Allah knows what you are carrying whether it's one baby whether it's twins whether it's triplets all the contractions expansion taking place go to the gynecologist they got the 2D and 3D and 4D and all that ask them how many hair on the baby nobody can tell you only Almighty Allah Jalla Wala can tell you with all their gadgets so that is Almighty Allah Jalla Wala his knowledge all embracing, all encompassing. What will happen, my sister? Everything will occur and happen on the appointed time. Chapter 13, verse 8, and the last one. Then now you really want this child. Your husband really wants this baby. So read, both of you. Chapter number 21, Surah Anbiya, verse 89. Rabbi la tatharni farda wa anta khairul Oh, beloved Allah, do not leave us alone, meaning that we don't have children. Grant us the children. You are the best one to grant the heirs, ya Allah. All these Quranic du'as, how powerful, how potent, alhamdulillah. Daily give out some charity, one ren, two ren also. Ya Allah, make everything happen with afia and siha, good health and safety and protection. Allah Subhanallah. Uh, you need to listen to this question here, Ustad. I am a sister in Islam. I gave birth a few days ago. My husband taking the placenta to his sheikh so he can read and blow on it for the baby not to ever get sick. And then he says we will bury it. Are we doing the right thing? My conscience is playing on me, Ustad. All this here is wrong. You must remember that that placenta, he got it same time. He must go and bury it and so <laughs> forth. All this business of taking to the sheikh and all that, that got nothing to do with Islam. You take the baby to the sheikh, that is fine. That he can blow on the baby and that, the placenta, all that. You see people, they may hulu. Hulu means they go to another extreme. So this is going to another extreme. Quran Karim states, Ya Ahl al-Kitab, Oh you the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians, but that doesn't mean it's confined to them. Allah is addressing the Jews, Christians, but the manner, the message is for me and you as Muslims as well. So everywhere where Allah Ta'ala addresses them, the message is for the Muslims also. La fi Don't go, you must remember to another extreme and that regarding your deen. So now you go and take the placenta there to the sheikh. So what the sheikh is going to do? So you must remember that if the true sheikh, he must shout you. And remember, not tell you to bring the placenta here. Chapter 5, surah number 5, surah Ma'idah, verse 77. Without justification. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's authentic hadith in Mishkat Sharif, Mustad Ahmad, Iyakum wal Huluwa, abstain from going to extremes, for innal Huluwa ahalakaman gana kablakum, going to extremes, it destroyed people and nations before you. So that is all, there's nothing like that in Islam, just go and bury it, and mashallah, you tell the Sheikh, he can blow on your child and so forth. So that is fine, but don't go to another extreme, you
Sister wants to know how does she go against the sheikh who said, what do we do? So do you do? must remember if the sheikh is saying all that, then that sheikh there is not a true sheikh. Remember that. It's better you disassociate with him. <laughs> you got your son, you got your daughter, and he tell you, no, bring the placenta. And what a foolish statement. No, the child will never, ever get sick. <laughs> so remember that corrupted belief all that is. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa fell sick. Anbiya alayhi fell sick. Nabi Ayyub alayhi salam was sick for 17, 18 years. How can you tell people, bring the placenta and your child will never ever get sick? So if that is true, what you are saying, then that sheikh of yours is a corrupted sheikh. You must remember this type of things there. Rather, you sever ties with him and tell him that you are now adulterating and contaminating our Islamic belief structure. Subhanallah. Somebody says there is a Muslim child that requires blood marrow transfusion as this will save her life is it permissible to become a donor for this child should muslims be encouraged to assist the parents to help the child is there a reward in this ustad remember that here there are three issues every child that is born whether it's born in israel or whether it's born in hamanskral or whether it's born in tambaktu in mali every child is born a muslim Kull hadith in Bukhari Sharif, Kullu mauludin yuladu al fitra. Every child is born on the natural disposition of Islam. Then when the child grows up, fa'abawahu yuhuvidanihi, o yunassiranihi, o yumajisanihi, is the parents, the environment, they make the child a Christian, a Jew, or a fire worshiper, and a, you know, Zoroastrian, and so forth. So that's the first issue. Second issue is the so now to give blood and all that donate blood all that totally permissible but you can't sell it you must remember that to become a blood donor all that ijma and this consensus is permissible but to sell it, whether the person receiving the blood is a Muslim or non-Muslim similarly for you to receive the blood is permissible from a Muslim non-Muslim and remember we will encourage the Muslims to do this why you can save some person life and so forth surah 5 remember all Allah teaches us and verse number 33 32 so there all Allah teaches us surah 5 verse 32 وَمَنْ أَحْيَاهَا فَكَأَنَّمَا أَحْيَا النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Whosoever save one life is like saving the life of the entire human race. Surah 5, verse number 32. So we will encourage it and do so, but do it for the love and pleasure of Allah, not like what happens there in India, Pakistan, and there. They will go and sell the blood, sell the blood. This haram, you can't sell it. You just donate it. Therefore, they call you a blood dough. You do so free of charge. Islam allows that. There's no problem with that. The brother says, but Mufti Sab, my wife refuses to visit my parents. I told her if she doesn't want to visit my parents, then I won't visit her parents. Advise me, Ustad. Remember, brother, is no sense playing tet-tet and tet and all these things with your husband, wife, and that me-me-tutu. What you call it? Me-me-tutu. That's in Urdu. Not tutu who died now. In Urdu, <laughs> you must remember me-me-tutu. So you did this, I'll do this. You do this, I'll do this. So you will never have harmony, peace in your marriage. There will always be rows and ructions. You married her right and you all are living separate allah alone knows maybe five years seven years and allah bless you with one two three children now she says she don't know visit your parents now if you were a good husband and you were a fair and just husband so then you will ask her or you will ask your mother what is the real problem between you two ladies I am caught in between my loyalties are torn when I look at my wife and she's crying when I look at you oh ummi my mother so you are so beloved to me and you crying but what is the real problem the kitchen can't be the problem because you're 
living separately. So that is how you address the situation. Not you go and make foolish threats. Okay, if you don't come to visit my parents, I won't visit your parents. That's foolish. That's childish. You must remember that. So go to the real cause and the reason. So I give you two, three reasons. Reason number one, maybe your mother, I'm not saying it happened. I'm just thinking aloud. So that is what you must do. Maybe your mother or your father or somebody there insulted her in front of everybody and therefore she doesn't want to go there. Maybe when she goes there, then your your own sister and them, they tell her, wash the dishes, cook this, do this. They treat her not as a visitor. They treat her as a servant and a slave. So there are many angles to it, my brother. You must be the one, you must be the investigator, not the one who goes and threatens her and so forth. Third one, from an Islamic perspective, is not compulsory upon her that every time you go to your mother's place, then she must come with. You must go. You must go every day if it's nearby. You must go every week if it's not too far. And you now maybe you're imposing upon her. You must come every time. That's wrong. So you take her once a month. You take her once in six months, once in three months. So that's fine. So she's fulfilling, fulfilling her duty. So you are over overreaching, over imposing, or your father, mother, or your sister, or somebody is treating her badly. So you must look at things holistically, then you can reach a solution, but you just becoming emotional. You don't come to my house, I won't come to yours. It's foolish, my brother. Don't behave like a small child. Subhanallah. Somebody says you start that uh, uh, is child support part of Islam. And how much should I be paying if it's not even my child? I do have one biological child with my ex, but the second child is not mine to start. Remember, we don't know what your circumstances are, my brother, how much wages you are getting, so forth and so on. So let us make yours a case study. You were married, right, to this lady, yeah. And now when you married her, you were living happily and so forth. Allah blessed you with a son, daughter. So that child is four or five years old. So you have to support the child. You must remember it's compulsory upon you. If it is a boy, you have to support him till he's 16 years old, 15, 16 years old. And if you want a reference of it, go open the noble Quran, chapter the two surah two verse two two three three two three three is the verse number and chapter number surah number is two so surah bakara and if it's a girl then you have to keep on supporting her till she gets married because you are the biological father the second child, according to your question, according to what you are saying now, it seems superficially what you are claiming. Your wife had an affair, and now that resulted in a child, and you made nephew wallet. You said this child is not your child, and then you divorced her. So that child there, the second one, the lineage of the child will go to the mother. Illegitimate children, the lineage goes to the mother. So that child won't be your responsibility. But that ex-wife of yours was a sharpshooter. She took you to court. And now the court said you have to pay for both children. They're not interested in our Islamic law. And if you don't pay, then they will attach your assets or they will imprison you and arrest you and so forth. So let's say, I don't know your wages, right? So the first child, you have to pay 5,000 rand, 6,000 rand, 4,000, 10,000, depending on your income. So that child there, you must use halal money. You must remember that. The second child, you must remember, because you are saying that that child is illegitimate and Islamically the lineage will go to the mother, not to you. But she went to court and so forth, and now there will be repercussions and terrible consequences for you. That is how I'm reading the situation. So remember, take interest money and pay for that child if the court has imposed it upon you. Listen to this one, uh, uh, Ustad and Brother Tobela. We married for 11 years and we've been trying so hard, Mufti Sabs. So we decided to go to Palestine to adopt a child. People are saying it's haram. Isn't Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says it's one of the biggest reward to adopt a child. I'm not going to listen to no one and not one going to stop me, not even Mufti AK. Allah knows my intention, Ustad. 
So you think you can go to Palestine and just bring a child like that? You think it's some joke or something? <laughs> so you must remember the Jutlas, they will put you through so many things there. The Palestinians themselves, 99% won't agree and so forth and so on. Islam allows adoption, but for you to get a child from Palestine is not some easy thing. It's very, very difficult, a really cumbersome exercise. So if you want to go that route, then why you don't just do it in South Africa? So you must remember, I know, that how many people have adopted and so forth and Mm. so on. So that will be much more easier if you want to really go that route. But you must remember, you want to go to Palestine, why your intention is tainted already is not only you want the child you want doru doru you want ruparu ruparu mm. you want the white white child with green green eyes and brown brown hair and so forth you need to be honest you know when you want to solve a problem then don't come tell us about the sawab and that if you want sawab there are millions of children in South Africa you can adopt but maybe the skin color is not right maybe the eyes are not right, maybe the hay is not right, maybe the poverty is there, so there are many issues sister, brother, so don't come quote hadith and all that like a big shot and all that, you must say what is your real motive so if you want to adopt then three things you must remember see, you adopt a baby, that baby got parents, so now you can't take that son, daughter who's one week old, one month old six months old, and register the baby on your name your husband's name that is haram absolutely haram surah 33 verse number 5 you must call the adopted children by their biological father's name Sometimes you don't know because the social worker tell you this is the baby and they're not allowed to give you the father's name, the biological father's name. You don't know who the real father, biological father is. They are brothers in religion. So it's a boy, you say Yusuf Islam. It's a girl, you say Zainab Islam. So that is the first issue. Second issue is this, this adopted baby will not in inherit. Remember that. It's not your child. So to inherit it must be blood relationship or must be nikah. So yeah, to circumvent and solve the problem is easy. So when a person passes away, first is burial, funeral expenses. Second is the deaths of the deceased. Third is wasiyah. You bequeath for none heirs. So you can bequeath up to one third. You got 30,000 rand. For that adopted child, you could bequeath up to 10,000 rand. Not it must be. It can be 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, like that. So maximum amount for none heirs is one third. Wasulutu Kathir, Mustafa sallallahu told Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas radiallahu an hadith in Sahih Muslim. And then the fourth one comes, the shares of the heirs. Husband dies wife inherit, wife dies, husband inherit like that. Then the third issue will be hijab and parda. So now when you adopted that boy Yusuf, one week old, one month old, three months old, when he becomes baalik and mature, then you, the adopted mother, and Yusuf, the laws of hijab and parda are applicable. You adopted Zainab, adopted daughter. So between her and you, the adopted father, there'll be hijab in parda. you strangers to one another. So to solve that problem, you, the adopted mother, whilst the baby is one week, one month, six months old, take some medication and breastfeed that baby there. So then you will become adopted parents and foster parents, and then the laws of hijab will fall away. So that these three things, is what you must know. All this Palestine, Palestine is just emotional talk and not even practical. You might go there, one jutla will just get you and maybe they shoot you also because you were the Palestinians for them to shoot anybody. You saw how they shot Shirin Abu Akila. So, and then they say, no, it was a mistake. Then they say,
said, no, the Palestinians. So remember that me, I will not advise you to do that. It's a very, very long, drawn-out process. You will have to explain to the Palestinians. You will have to explain to the Jutlas. Jutlas will say, you came in too. So where does the baby came from now suddenly? Mm. So they got everything recorded. You must remember, it's not South African borders here. So anybody, Lungi, anybody come in and out and out. <laughs> they, they got everything. They got your underwear also. That under the camera. I'm telling you, that's oh, how the Jutlas oh. operate. You must remember that. So they got everything of yours once you enter. They got cameras and there's such places you won't even know about it. So that is how they operate. So don't take a chance. Mm. As a, I don't know you, but as a brother, I'm advising you. He says, how many, uh, he says Mufti Sahib, how many Masum children have been killed? I give up with you all. Uh, why are you making it difficult for me to start? So we're not giving you. South Africa, 230 children died in the past four months. You know that? So you must. <laughs> so that's what I'm telling you. Why you don't adopt in South Africa? So who's stopping you? Didn't I say that? But you want the child to be specific, you know, specifications. Yes. You want to buy a car. No, I don't want Toyota. I don't want Nissan. I want the Merc. It must be 300 SE. It must be this color. It must be have this gadgets. So you want to play with the children also. And then you fool yourself and you say that no, that we want to bring a Palestinian child. So your intention is not sincere. Remember mm. that. So that's what I'm trying to explain to you. Otherwise, you want to adopt. There are millions of children here. You can adopt an African child, but you yourself, you won't do it. You can adopt a colored child. You can adopt a white child. You can adopt an Indian child. But all that you don't want to do, you say to ah, I Palestine no more haru lage. You see, we know all these things, brother. So you need to be fair and you need to check. You see, Bukhari Sharif. This is my wife once moved up. You see, that is there. That there must be. So there must be some. You see, dal me kuch kala hai. There's no smoke without fire. So you must remember this. That therefore, Imam Bukhari and Imam Yusuf Mishka Sharif and in Riyadh Salihin three different authors they brought this hadith right in the beginning that what is your intention then the actions will be judged by your intention so your JC Niyat that's what I'm trying to tell you 20 minutes to 12 beautiful answer there well let's go for an interval when we come back we will continue with the bliss of marriage Marcus Sahaba Online Radio, serving you wherever you are. Well, it's exactly now uh, 18 uh, minutes uh, to 12 o'clock. I see Bai is back with us. He says maybe Muftisab should just give our brothers advice because they think Palestine is easy. Ustad, this is Ba from World Bank. <laughs> Remember, I'm the first one to encourage people to go to Palestine. Not from now. In Newcastle, I used to give talks on Palestine. The people used to cry. <laughs> one Baji old man. He, he had no children also. Mm-hmm. He went seven times and he fastened a haram and he went there. You must remember that from there, from Palestine, to perform umrah. Then the sixth time, seventh time he went, they put a gun by his chest. You all understood? Mm-hmm. Then his huzu broke and he, he passed away now. He got the shock. These people are putting a gun right here by me. And they start questioning, why every time you come here? And because they got every record. You must remember these things there. Then after that, he stopped going. So we encourage, or even now, I will tell you, go, mashallah, go to Palestine. Go and see the real apartheid in the world. Go help our Yatama our orphans and everything but you come and tell me you want to adopt a baby and a child and that's it. you think it's a walk in the park you can just go and pick up a child and <laughs> there are so many problems there and you will just add to their problems you must remember so if you really want to then do it yeah there's no problem and so forth that's what our point here we are making for Palestine I make dua every day I and mean, you should I be mean. making dua every day you see this harami the real harami I told you all so you must remember that B.B. Netanyahu, Benjamin, he's now at the far right. Far right means the extreme right to say Palestinians are Goyim, are Gentile, are fourth class, third class. Third. You shoot them also, is no problem. So you must remember this one guy, his name is Timar bin Gweh. So they don't say bin in Jutlas, they say ben. But how Arabic you say bin, they say B-E-N. Yeah. So bin Gweh. Go study his profile. 
and he is demanding he must become a minister. So you must remember that he in his house, he's got the big photo of Baru Goldstein. He and Baru Goldstein belong to the same party. It was 16th of Ramadan, Saturday, and I was in Newcastle, and I heard the news there just before Zohar, and I rushed to the town masjid, and I announced, I said, everybody read to the Salat, cry for Palestine, because in Masjid Khalilu Rahman in Hebron, our brothers were reading Fajr Salat, and then this shaitan, Baru Goldstein, Harami came, and he murdered our brothers, 29 of them, and this shaitan, this, this, Timar bin Gwer, he say he's right what he did. And now he wants to become minister. So you're telling me these are human beings. These are haramis you must remember you're dealing with. <laughs> Therefore we say one settler, one bullet will settle many issues. So you must understand it's a war zone there. It's not a walk in a park or something. You need to be very, very careful where you go and so forth and so on. <laughs> what you would like to go uh, to, to have our own Eid? Because when we get together with my in-laws, they are abusive. Anonymous, we start. There's no such thing in Islam that you must go to the in-laws. If things are good, you and your husband and Jiska Zarf Baraho, you have a magnanimous heart. So Allah Ta'ala in Kubara Allah will elevate you. We have two Eids. So one Eid, you say, husband, oh Popey, oh darling, we will make by my parents. Second Eid, we will make by your parents. Then there's no argument. But if you go there, now they insult you. And this, so there's no need to go there. Remember that. On why go on such a Mubarak, auspicious day like Eid, day of happiness and joy. And now they start insulting you. They start making sarcastic remarks so don't go so why go there and get your mood spoiled and so forth so stay at home and if the hubby wants to go let him go you don't have to go and so forth so it's all about give and take in Islam in Islam hadith in Tirmidhi Ibn Majah Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said La yambaghi lil mu'mini ayyuzilla nafsa it does not behove and befit a Muslim to go somewhere and that and you discuss grace yourself. I know if I go there, there'll be trouble. So why should I go there? Mm. In the first place, it's my foolishness also. So remember that you speak your own eid with your husband, with your wife, with your children, or go to the other in-laws, meaning that if you don't go to the husband's parents, then go to the wife's parents and make eid there. If you don't can't come right there, then make eid at home. So there's no problem like that. So how many times now I'm making eid here quietly in Lens? So you must remember this if it's a weekend then I go to Heidelberg and if it's not a weekend then we sit quietly here and make it or perform it here so that is no such thing you have to go there to the in-laws and outlaws and all that there's no such, no such thing in Islam somebody says that there are certain people who say Palestinians deserve to what they get because they are big sinners is it permissible to say this Ustad? so you must remember that that Allah Ta'ala is the judge we can't be the judge on this type of issues yes there also you will get people Majidul Aqsa is right there they're playing dice and they're not <laughs> bothered at all of Salat I give you story you like story right First time in my life I went was in 89. Mm. After Hajj we went. That was a Ajib Hajj also. So we made Jumma in Medina. We made Jumma in Mecca. Then we made Jumma in Cairo. Then I made Jumma in Majidul Aqsa. So the hotel I was staying there in Jerusalem. So that owner's name was Suleiman. That was Suleiman Esob, not a Suleiman. So Fajr time is dark, dark, dark. Now if you don't Aqsa, you have to walk through that gullies and alleys. So when I go then, he meets me in the evening because they tell him the sheikh, he went. So he called me, he said, Abika Junun, are you crazy? Are you mad? So I ask him, why, what are you saying? Why am I mad, you say? He say, you know, this whole area is filled with jutlas. Everyone got the gun. When they see you, they'll just put a bullet in you and so forth. So I said, Alhamdulillah, if I die here, yeah, I die a martyr, I'm buried next to Aqsa. Nabi Musa, alayhi salam, Moses used to make dua, peace be upon him, hadith in Bukhari, Muslim, that he was to pass away next to Aqsa al-Mubarak. 
So then, but because he told me that, so I shouldn't wear long kurta as to wear the short one, the Pakistani one. So they must know he's a foreigner and so forth. But I never miss salat with Allah's help. Every salat has to go to Aqsa and so forth. So he found it like he's telling me, you're a midcap, like you're crazy, you see. So the point I'm making here is this. There are so many Palestinians who don't go into Aqsa and so forth and so on, whatever excuse they give. But we must say, if any other nation was there for 74 years, 75 years, you are under oppression, transgression, apartheid. Tutu said it very well. He said the apartheid in Israel is much worse than the apartheid we experience in South Africa. And mm. 100% I agree with that. So you know, nobody, people will just run away, especially people like me and you. We can only talk. If people show water pistol, also our huzu will break. Mm. So you must remember these things here. Yeah? So instead of making these kind of remarks, say Allah Ta'ala has chosen them to protect our first Qibla and so, and this Arab traitors, Saudi Arabia, Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, all that, have sold them down the drain. So remember this, so now they realize we will fight till the end. And now the signs are there. <laughs> Inshallah, the whole Palestine will get liberated and come back to the Muslims. Somebody say, uh, Mufti Sahib, please don't take my name. Uh, my fiancé is about to give birth. We are not sure whose child this is, mine or my brother's. Who should marry her before the child is born? Don't take my name, Mufti please. Start. We don't know your name. So both brothers were busy, active brothers. <laughs> so you must remember this, all of you involved in haram. So I must get a hold of you and take you in public and give you a hundred lashes in public. Then I must get all of your brother and give him hundred lashes in public. And then this lady here, that she's also committed all this haram. After she gave birth, you must remember this. Then when she is finished breastfeeding, we must take her in public and give her hundred lashes. That is what the Quran Sharif is teaching us. Surah 24, verse number 2. That the people who commit fornication, male, female, give them hundred lashes. And don't show them any sympathy and kindness and compassion. And you must do this in public. So isn't you slept with her? She's pregnant and she doesn't give birth now. So that child is a harami child. Is not your child, is not your brother's child, is an illegitimate child. The lineage will go to her, to that lady there, whatever her name is. So her name is ABC, her surname is XYZ, so the baby born. The baby is masoom, there's no blame on the baby. So that baby's surname will go to XYZ, that is Islam. Then you, brother, who posed this question, so you must marry her. So Quran says, So the person who slept with her, so you marry her. So And the child won't belong to you or to your brother. The child, the lineage will go to the mother. See now, look at the ramifications. All three of you must get a hundred lashes. And that is the Islamic law, the penal code of Islam. But did you know in South Africa, we can't do all this. I mentioned it deliberately. So you must know what a severe crime you'll have committed. And all three of you have fallen under the category. Surah 24, verse 26. Al Khabithatu Lil Weekdays, one brother. Weekend, another brother. So what you'll are, you're running a brothel there or what? So you must remember this. So you'll all became Khabis, impure, immoral, make sense and so forth this is a major major crime and therefore I'm telling you now you the brother make Toba get married to her and all of you must make Toba otherwise if you are in a true Muslim country Islamic country all three of you all should be lashed in public Allahu Akbar beautiful answer Ustad. six minutes to 12 o'clock breaking news I see our beloved Haji Suleiman Esop says please inform Mufti Saab we are back on with Marka Sahaba Ustad. That's what Haji Suleiman Esop says. So to all the listeners who are listening to me, please send me a message if if we are back. Uh, Marka Sahaba is back. I think on satellite Ustad? 
So, mashallah, on radio, you see, it's very good to start on the Wednesday. We all were making dua, crying, petitioning, Allah. begging Allah. You were begging Allah. Mona Arafat was getting local, national, international messages. I was getting, please pass it around. All the esteemed listeners of Sirius FM, all the listeners of uh, Marcus Sahaba. So, t- tell, tell your friends and thank Allah. Read two rakats Allah to shukar. And this is an appeal from my side to all of you. Today after Zohar, read two rakat salat. Thank Almighty Allah, Jalla and say, Ya Allah, keep Marqa Sahaba that flying all the time, inshallah. We want to promote the true Islam. That's why we say Marqa Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Jama'ah. But you know in life there are always challenges and so forth and so on. So first we read two rakat salat to shukar and then we read, remember Salatul Hajjat, otherwise make two rakats, multiple intentions. Allahumma laka shukru kullu, wa laka alhamdu kullu, wa laka almulku kullu. So it's all in Allah Ta'ala's hands. Thus is, now I read Salat before the program. I said, Ya Allah, we take your beautiful names, Asma'ul Husna. Let Marcus Sahaba stop going everywhere in the world. Get through the wasila of the Bi'alayhi Salam. Let it fly, let it go throughout the whole world. So we make dua like this. What else we can do? So you also make dua, inshallah. You know we speak the truth. So now you get people. Sometimes somebody will say this, somebody will say that. So inshallah, make dua. We no more have any punctures on the road. You understand? Yes. And blood punctures and creatures. Because now all our spare wheels are finished now. <laughs> so you must remember this type of thing. Yeah. Nowadays in the car you get one spare wheel and two spare wheels. Then you got finished there. Oh, so wow. now we have to look for another spare wheel. You see? Yeah. Allah Ta'ala reward everybody. I see, see mice crying Ustad from Newcastle. She says, Beta. I'm going now read Shukar Namaz beta. Allah che Ustad. MashaAllah, ma, you go in Sajda, make dua. Allah Ta'ala grant us and preserve us with Iman and Islam. And we must promote the true Islam exactly almost one week, you know. Last week, Thursday, it went off. And now Wednesday, it came back. Allah Jalla Allah make it easy and accept it from all of us. I see Ba says, he says, Mumtisab, you sure it's not the Jutli? They did this, Ustad. So you must remember, you can't say if it's not the Jutli, it may be a Jutla. So, but this was not anybody, this was a transmission break from our side. Something happened, and Allah, me, I don't understand these things here, yeah? so we mustn't blame anybody. Remember that that's not right Islamically. Ustad, there's a second final question. Somebody says, What dua can I read to get my kids back? Uh, their wives are more important than us. Anonymous mommy will start. So I don't understand the question that you mean that you are divorced. Then now that the wife went away with the children and you got no visitation rights or you can't have the children, Allah alone knows whether the matter went to court or what have you, brother. But if any spouse, any one of the two, husband kept the children and is depriving the mother, the wife, ex-wife, the wife is now depriving the ex-husband. Remember, the consequences are serious. Surah 47, verses 22, 23. In the when you have authority and power, and tufsidu fil ard, you cause fitna, fasad on this earth. arhamakum, and you sever the family ties. Those are the people Allah Ta'ala curses them. For aswammahum, Allah Ta'ala makes them spiritually deaf. For a'ma absarahum, spiritually blind. So therefore, each one of us must realize that it is so important that we must maintain the ties even after divorce takes place. Last question. Somebody says here, my talim apa said, the kids don't even know how to make wudu and even make salah. It's so sad they're playing outside Masjid Al-Aqsa. Astaghfirullah, Ustad. So remember this. It's true what you are saying to a certain extent. But if I tell you our adults don't know how to read Salat, I give you some examples. So many men, every week I see this in our Masjid in South Africa. The men go into Sajda and you can see the crack, you know, of their buttocks. 
So are they crack or what? They wear such clothes, they go into Sizda, you come and you can see Alas, you can see everything. <laughs> so don't they know all these things here? So our people don't know how to make Hudu also properly, many of them. So it's no sense that we only look at them. So they're in a war zone and so mm-hmm. forth and so on. Me and you, what war there is? There's no war here, but it's based only on laziness that we don't know. How many surahs we know? Mm-hmm. Go and see of them, how many of them, they know Quran, they know how the half is. So they, you can't apply the law. What they're doing is wrong. Wrong is wrong. But look at the circumstances also. That's what I'm saying. So we must be very careful. Don't just paint everybody yes. with the same brush. Okay, Jazakallah khairan to our brother Suleiman Esop for that Bushra and Bisharat and glad tidings. Barakallah fiqh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.